Hello everyone and welcome to the uh, May episode of the SWW show. It is the ninth episode? I was going to say it's the third day of May, but okay, so you're going there, never mind. <laughs> I was about to correct you. Um, yes, yeah, the ninth episode. And yeah, as Mike's saying, we're recording this on the third. Uh, a couple days later than we actually wanted to, but... I'm Mike sorry. was sick. I don't blame you. I mean, I trust, trust me. It was literally I got home and I just went. I went. Good night, everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this show. The first, we're gonna do a little live production meeting here. This show is gonna release in two sections. One will be the full episode, and one will be just the first part. Because the first part will be. Talking about stuff that's happening in the news, stuff we've seen, stuff we've played, and then the second half will be our endgame uh, talk. So what you're saying is people aren't going crazy when they see basically ha the same episode twice on their feeds. Correct. Um, here's, here's the production meeting side of this. I think we should release the, the same episode twice, but on that half that's not spoiling endgame, we should just have it like as this be opening half the episode again just to really screw with people. Um, but yeah, so to kick off the news, um, probably the funniest story in the news right now is, uh, Borderlands 3. Oh, fucking... There's actually two stories. I only wrote down one, but I was reminded of a second well, one. Well, good. It looks good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with what we're about to say is the game looks good and you know I'm gonna play it. Continue with what you're about to say. <laughs> Here's the thing. The Borderlands style... It's hard to mess up. It's the Borderlands style, and I also think, I think it's a formula as much, it's formula that either you like it or you don't. I think it's very much a set in stone yeah. formula in that regard. Uh, well, would you rather talk about a voice actor or uh, shady business practices? Let's go with shady business practices because you know there's a lot of that going on around. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even include the Mortal Kombat stuff. We're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk about that because I think it's somewhat personal for okay. me. Yeah. Um. So, according to Randy Pitchford, I have to preface that statement with that <laughs> because, according to him, Borderlands Three does not have microtransactions. But it does have small purchases that are not part of the gameplay. It has yes, small purchases that you can make. That are non-gameplay related. In other words, they're not microtransactions. But they're macrotransactions? They are... <laughs> I saw so many different names for it. They are tiny purchases. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I'm gonna... I'm gonna Obvi obviously, Mike, you're gonna play Borderlands 3. Yeah, yeah. You know my stance. I'll, if I play it, oh, because I make you play it. it. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say the thing, and this is gonna be the somewhat defending, and I think the statement as a whole is idiotic. I'm gonna defend when he went into the 
first half of the tweet storm before the second half got crazy of him explaining what he was trying to say. And I think it was a bad communication stance. It was, he was going through the idea that it wasn't microtransactions in the sense of, because it was the non-gameplay things. And to be fair, the correct way to have sold the microtransactions instead of saying that would have been, it's microtransactions akin to the skins from Borderlands 2, except you don't have to grind for them, is how he should have sold that stuff. Instead, he went on a giant rant saying how they're not microtransactions and the media's out to get him, which is a bad stance to take. Here's, here's my belief, okay, about Borderlands 3. 2K should just find somebody to be the public face of uh, Gearbox right now. So here's the here's one here's the issue, and I think where I don't know I don't know if I'm against that. It's the logistics side of be honest here. The issue for Gearbox is everyone else who could have been a public face that people knew are no longer there. It could have been a Mikey Newman. Right. It could have been some of these other people that you knew and they were related to even to two other games. They're all gone. Right. But they could have just put anybody, right, to be the spokesperson. Like the creative director they've thrown out a few times now, he seems decent. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, you have Randy Pitchford, who... Is a very divisive figure, we'll call him. I think it's a fair term. Yes, he but like he's... Peter Molyneux in the sense of, like, he yeah. has, like, a hype behind him or an understand behind him, but he says very divisive things. He has a hype, but he... Kind of shoots himself in the foot sometimes with stuff he says. Right, like this was a perfect example of you could have found a way to spin this to not be horrible, but somehow you made it worse. Yeah, he should definitely, if they don't do, you know, if they didn't have a creative director take over, they should definitely write out what Randy needs to say. <laughs> because well, I guarantee you, they're just, he's just getting up there and winging it. I think he needs a and John Kelly, like with his Twitter feed. <laughs> I uh, dude, he just they need something because yeah, he's a he's a Molyneux where he will overhype. But he's also a Molyneux in the sense of he could have an amazing moment or an amazing game, but he's a Molyneux yeah. in the sense of we also it's the it's the the problem with the creative genius. He once in a while will have the moment of genius and then there'll be other times he'll be like shut up. Also I think I think a part of what's going on is he's feeling the pressure. Because this game is probably make or break for Gearbox as a whole. I bet you it'll, still, it'll probably be, at the end be fine, but I bet you in the moment. I can almost guarantee 2K's looking at this and going, okay. This better work. If it doesn't live up to Borderlands 2, it's seen as a failure. Because... As a studio, you always want a sequel to be more popular. Mm-hmm. Especially because Borderlands 2 was such a success. Right. And Gearbox has produced absolute dog shit since. They've only and had produced, some legal battles. They've only produced one game since, right? No, there were two. Is it Alien? I thought Aliens was pre-Borderlands 2. Was it after? When did Borderlands 2 come out? 2012. You could be right. I thought it was. It may have. It may have been the same year. Uh, Aliens, Colonial Marines, twenty thirteen. It was, it was 2013. three months later. Yeah. Which is funny. Let's go Sacho one eighty. Yeah. So. There's definitely pressure on him to. 
drive the company in a certain direction and deliver on a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which could be very interesting considering the second story out of them is uh, Claptrap has a different voice actor. Which is sad. Because apparently they didn't want to pay the guy that originally did the voice. <laughs> Which, from everything that I've heard, he essentially did it for free. Yeah. He was working at Gearbox at the time, and he decided to voice Claptrap for fun. Which, to be fair, my understanding is most people at Gearbox voice something for fun. So I don't think he was exclusive. Right. I think he just became a bigger deal. Right, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is It became a big deal. He left Gearbox between Borderlands 2 and now, which is seven years it makes sense mm-hmm. and uh even though they have a huge fat check from epic they're like no we don't want to pay what you're asking for you to voice claptrap which is i've i've especially because let's be honest here he's probably what is he really asking probably like relatively he's probably not getting asked to pay something stupid right it's not like he's He's not asking um, for Troy Baker money here, I probably bet. Right, he's not Troy Baker, he's not Sam Jackson in, which GTA was it, San Andreas, or was it 4? San Andreas. Yeah, so it's not a big name Hollywood actor coming into your game. That's why I like, feed me, <laughs> give me a hundred bucks, and I'll do the goddamn voice right. for a day. <laughs> so, there's just so much, it's such a shit show, right? Like, Which is... Obviously, video games... Video game studios are a shit show in general, mm-hmm. um, which we'll talk about with the Mortal Kombat story. But and honestly, it's it seems to be more of a shit show than current TV and movie. Obviously, TV and movie studios used to be a complete shit show in the seventies and eighties, but. Mm-hmm. Now that everybody's union and they work on four different things at a time. Um, and productions last two years, right? So they're always doing something different. Mm-hmm. There's less commotion usually that you hear of from those sands, like a Jared Leto delivering pig's head to everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just dude, video game studios. What you want unions unions need to exist in creative fields for the only reason that people can't be expected to work ninety hour weeks. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make this stance. It's gonna be the funny from the sense of I don't know in un- game unions in the sense of like what you picture as like a union in the same ways can work in the sense of unionizing like tech is stupid hard for a lot of reasons, obviously. And I, yeah. and I still think, so to me, we, with the, there's an argument to be made for the unionization of the sense of, it's the Jason Schreier argument of not unionization in the sense of, like, we need a sag after. It's unionization in the sense of, like, here at this shop, we guarantee you the minimum worker pay is 45K. Like, that type of, I'm much more opening to the discussion. I think I get more annoyed when the union talks start from an extreme and no one's willing to budge and, like, actually have a discussion in the matter. So, well, and here's the, here's the thing, right? Like, they don't need SAG-AFTRA. Right. I mean, some of the writers might, like, if they're... We want to make, you want if to make they're professional writers, writers than, you're like, part of SAG-AFTRA. Yeah. Um, 
or you're part of the uh, Writers Guild. Um, but like, I don't know if you know how it works on TV and movie sets, but there's like 18 different unions mm-hmm. represented. It's per because thing. There's a union for sound. There's a union for lights. There's a union for the grips. There's a union for the actors. There's a union for, well, some directors are and some aren't, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody working on a set is union, more or less. So if they looked at it that way of like, okay, we're going to have an artist's union. We're going to have a um, programmer's union. Like uh, that position where there's multiple unions, I think you could get to work because there's the model. I think I think we need to look at it, what we define as what a union does in that equation. And, and my perfect yeah. example is, and someone gave this analogy, and I feel like you've heard it before too, is the thing that makes film, the one thing which we're going to say blindly makes film easier than making games is you know what a camera looks like, you know what a camera does. In games, we reinvent the camera every single time. And that's like, all the games issue become is, is yeah. we don't know from the beginning how long this thing will take. That's why games' budgets just don't really form for the longest time. Because in a film, I could go, this is a $100 million film, because I know this takes 20 k I know this takes $10 million, I know this, this, and this. I don't know that in games in the same way in the beginning. Well, but, I mean, think about, we'll talk about it later, but think about Avatar, right? Mm-hmm. They were going into that, and they literally reinvented the camera. That one, and that's an example. They did reinvent the camera, and that's also a so, good example of James these, Cameron. Also, it was also James Cameron was like, "I'm spending more money than I'm supposed to," and the studio right. comes it because it's James Cameron, not just because it was anyone. Right. So, I mean, there's definitely stances where you could do that, but I mean, yeah, if and people shouldn't be subjected. To what they are in some of these studios. So I'm gonna. I'm also gonna make a thing. Is so the, I think part of the problem I think I start having is is when people talking about union talks. Um, start as you know, like when me and you are discussing like off thing, like we just be like inherently human conversation is you exaggerate. Like that's just like instead of yeah. twenty hours, you say twenty five hours or thirty hours. Like just get a point across, right? And I think to me the like the Netherum story we're gonna jump into here kind of does that in a way where I'm very concerned about what is true versus what is false. Like, what is... Yeah. Not false is in lying. False is in exaggerations. Like, the right. claim is that people in their homes have worked 80 to 100-hour weeks consistently. Do you understand how long 100-hour weeks actually is? Yes. And that's because my, my dad... My that's dad my at concern. one point was working 105 hours. Wait, weeks, my point so. is, it didn't. Ha- I'm not saying it didn't happen one or two weeks. I do not believe that a human being was working this for six months straight and being okay yeah i mean i've seen a person do it but, but like you know what i'm saying like there's no way that the burnout the entire real. studio was doing this for years right. hundreds of people like, I can, and no i can one definitely see i can see yeah. a week or two or maybe well, a month but remember back when red dead 2 was coming out mm-hmm. and there was the the comment from one of the writers. About 100 hours. I think it was it one of the Warner Hauser brothers. Yeah. That, yeah, they worked 100 hour weeks, a couple hundred hour weeks. Mm-hmm. For people, for some people, they want to. They want to, and that drives them. But and also, did you remember and during the said Rockstar story also? So some of the QA testers were claiming they worked 100 hour weeks. And then the issue became is then Rockstar did an internal turn it audit of, like, hours working, and they said the average QA employer worked 45-hour weeks. They said, yes, some employees worked the high end of it, but the point was we were using the statistics of the few to define what the many were doing. 
Yeah. And that's why I think problems come with this discussion. I go, guys, I'm not saying there's problems, but like, let's not try to lie because it makes it worse when people find out either you're lying or exaggerating. Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously these these things will be figured out. Mm-hmm. And I say a solid will because if they don't, I think this industry is screwed. But it's also it's. <sighs> It's this interesting thing of I think there's more issues with the industry than that also. I think another industry yeah. issue becomes like, I'm gonna say it. Games prices need to go up also. And like there's a lot of stuff oh, in this yeah. industry of like people are like, no, they don't. I'm like, all of you are stupid. <laughs> like they do. And I think I think the I think it's like we're just seeing a bunch of these little pieces that like need to be solved and that's causing all the problems together. Yeah, I think if game prices don't go up... Like, this next generation, they, the games need to be 70 bucks. Like, period, end of story. They need to be $100, realistically. Well, I but mean, we'll be honest, like, from a, like, without, like, keeping a... People, it needs to be 70 or 80 bucks. I think what games need to be. Yeah. On a blind, well, on a blind number. Y- you know what they're going to go? They're just going to go to subscription level. So it's going to be 20 bucks a month. And you get... Which, if I remember, we all hated that. You know... You get the EA access for twenty bucks a month, mm-hmm. and then you get the, you know, so you'll be buying effectively a game a month in subscriptions. Mm-hmm. But then it's you know, if they do it that way, if they go to this subscription, which I want to talk about the um, all digital Xbox. Remind me about that. Okay when this is done, but um, we need to go to a subscription model at the very least if game prices don't go up because subscription models like it or not get money for a studio or for a developer or for a company. I've heard mixed things but I mostly agree with you. Well, I mean, you take the Netflix case, which we'll talk about Netflix in a minute. Um, The Netflix case is they figure... Even the most, I don't know, what would you call it? The most in-depth watchers, right? Of people Mm -hmm. watching everything on the service or leaving Netflix running 24-7. The few people that actually do that are outweighed significantly by the people that pay the $11 a month, watch one show you know, for a week mm-hmm. or two. And then forget about it. Keep the subscription because they don't want to deal with the hassle of sign, you know, canceling subscription, then signing up again for the next show. Mm-hmm. So that's two, three months of free income, basically, to Netflix. And Nef- the Netflix thing is weird because they just keep taking debt out to develop projects. That's called Silicon Valley more than anything else. Well, I just... I think it's the Midwesterner in me that says... (laughs) Don't do that, you dumb bitch. If you just... If you just take on debt for your projects, you're screwed. Which, I mostly agree with you. And then somehow there are these mystical companies that still exist for some odd reason. Netflix should not exist. It shouldn't. But it, okay, so to me, and I'm curious, I don't know. Like, just numbers, num- numbers wise, Netflix should not exist. No, That's what I'm so Not like. Here's the thing I don't know. Because my example is I know Amazon and Tesla both do this. 
does Netflix, can Netflix tomorrow stop all production and become profitable? Because that was the thing with Amazon for years, is the reason they were still able to get investors is because at any point they were able to shut the spigot and become profitable on the dime. I don't know if they are. But I don't know if they are, though. That's what's interesting to me, because ne- that's the whole Tesla and Amazon thing, is they both literally can go profitable, not profitable, literally by flicking a switch, and every investor knows that, which is why they're safe investments. I, I get what you mean, but for me personally, I don't think an electric car is a solid investment yet. I think I think Tesla. The reason I think Tesla is different than Nissan doing or whatever is because the, like they understand. I think they I think they understand the feel of like what is the important points of a car more than it being electric. Where I think the other motor people trying to make electric cars don't have that like attitude, and also I think Tesla for me tech like from a presentation end it's the apple they know what presentation is that's what tesla does tesla does a presentation their cars the interiors suck ass um the tech is pretty cool the tech's cool i i, I think we, I, I know we disagree on the interiors but i think we both agree like from a tech end tesla is basically king but they um i don't know they're just for the price that you're paying and what you're getting are too expensive. For now. For now. And I think I think we'll both be um, watching their prices drop at least over time yeah. decently. So I'm be curious in five years from now if this conversation's completely different. The uh, the new Audi e-tron looks to be the first real Com- Tesla competitor. Yeah, because like Nissan Leaf is not a Tesla competitor, for example. No, its range was absolutely terrible. Which makes sense. It was a tiny car, so you can only fit so many batteries. But at the same time, like um, the way, like the way me and you both drive, we can't have cars that have like a hundred mile to two hundred mile capacity. We just can't. Uh, I could do it if where I worked had a charging point. Right, but that, that's see, right like, now. But that's my issue. Yeah. Like, in general, like no, like especially because I deal with rush hour traffic too. I can't have a car at two hundred because I'll be too, cutting it too damn close. Well, no, you won't because it's electric, so you only use the power. Right, but it's still the when like, you're accelerating. Like, like so. my round trip to work and back is like fifty something miles. So, like, if, if I want to, I can't go out. Like, there's nothing I can't do anything else that day. You would be able to. It's pushing it. It's pushing it to the point where I don't want to push it. Well, and I think I get what you mean because you're coming from a gas mentality mm-hmm. of you're wasting gas while you're sitting still. Mm-hmm. Whereas an electric car, you're not wasting really any electricity sitting still. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you're wasting this stuff for your but also like, AC and, and I, stuff like so that. So maybe, maybe I'll agree with you, but there's still some line of like in the winter, for example, and I know they lose, they right. lose the same amount. Like winter, if all of a sudden that cuts, it cuts in half because it's negative 10 outside, I'm screwed. Right, yeah. Then, yeah, then definitely. Then it's a good example of I am screwed. But, um, you know, having a charge point at both ends then is super important. That's a for way different story. Um, but yeah, what was I... What did I say I told you to remind me of? Um, I even forgot about it. Uh, yeah. You told me to remind you of a thing. Yep. <laughs> um, somebody will tweet at us during the, while yep. the episode goes up. Hey, why don't you talk about this? Um, <laughs> yeah, I forget what it was. I have no clue. Um... But yeah, things uh, that we watched and played. Do you want me to go first? I just want to get... Yeah, I'm just going through the list, so we'll we'll do that, and then we'll come come back around to news. Okay. 
Um, something cool happened uh, this past week. What's that? Uh, I got ranked in Forza Horizon 4. Okay, so what does that mean? Is it the same as like any other like competitive game where they're like, you're silver, you're bronze, your penis yes. is two inches, like the normal nonsense? Yes, Okay. kind of. Um, because the... The current thing they're doing with Forza Horizon 4, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're doing it for 3. I think they said they were going to. Um, Why would they go back, Oh, though? the all-digital Xbox One. That's Oh, that was it. That's that a good word, tight end. Gone. Um, that's $250, by the way. Which is too expensive. And you get Forza Horizon 3, which is <laughs> which they two and a half years old. Studio. Just give them four. <laughs> it's not right. like you're paying someone. You own them. Um, and then there was two other games, but they were, oh, Sea of Thieves was one of them. So, um, to me, that thing else. needs to be 200 or less. 200, yeah. I think I'd be in a different boat of, I think that was a good price. 250 is too much. 250 is way too much. Um. Because if, if I was them, you don't need to make a profit on that suck, you need to break even on it, and you're good to go. Yeah. Because your whole, your whole shtick is You're going to make a game ton pass. of money on All the, you yeah. care about is Game Pass with that suck. You don't care about selling games at all. That is your Game Pass device. Yeah. If you do it 200 bucks, 150 put it in everyone's homes, be like... And you know what you do at that point, too? If you have an Xbox, whatever this version is called, Game Pass is a buck less a month. Great. There's your profit margin. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they do this thing called uh, Series. Okay. Which is uh, four weeks, is make up one series, and each week is a different season. So if you don't know, Forza Horizon 4, they have all four seasons uh, in the game. Uh, in previous Horizon games, Winter was a DLC. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know uh, DLC. Yeah. Uh, 3 was its own island. 2 was... I forget what it was. I haven't played 2 in so long. Anyway, so the seasons are part of the game. So each week is a season. Um, and there's certain events in the series for that week that uh, to do towards getting... So they changed the way the car pass works. Okay. Which the car pass was the is the DLC. Mm. Uh, like the extra cars. Um it used to be you got them in chunks and they did DLC packs. Okay. And you got those packs. Um, they went away from that and instead did cars through the series. Okay. So at 50% completion, you got a reward, which is usually a car. And then it used to be at 90%, but they backed it to 80. You got another reward. Hmm. Which is usually another car. Um, and so everything you did was towards that progress bar. So there was a season progress bar and a series progress bar. So you could get 75% in all four series or all four uh, seasons, but you wouldn't hit that 80% series mark. Because you didn't get 80% of everything for the series. Um, And at the end of the list, they have two things that carry over from 
week to week throughout the series. And that's a uh, hot lap race. So your fastest lap. And then it's getting ranked for online. Mm-hmm. Qualifying for the series. Um, ranked for the four weeks. And so I had never done the ranked because that required you to play the either team or solo adventures, which are kind of boring if you don't have anybody else that you know playing with you. Oh, I could see that. Because it's like best two out of three or three out of five. And you're just kind of chilling. Well, and it's just, if you're playing unranked, what you had to do, you had to level up your progress in that to level three to unlock ranked. Um, so each result, you got XP, and that went towards the progress bar of getting to level three, and then you got to three, and then you got to ranked. Well, then once you get to ranked, you need to do ten adventures. And adventures are either three or five event things. And so you either have to win two out of three or three out of five to win the series. To win the um, adventure. And so I went through the ten finally just to get myself ranked and to get the rewards from this series for the first time hitting the 80%. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go through this and I'm going to get to League 20 and then have to work my way up from there. Which is what I was expecting, right? You go through ranked and you start at the bottom and work your way up. Um, so I did my 10th series that finished then a thing came up that it went from ranked unranked to ranked um, for my level and instead of 20 it put me at 17 so apparently I did well enough in the qualifiers to completely skip 20, 19, and 18 and I'm like two thirds of the way through 17 and I like racing games but I'm not super great at them so I don't know how in the hell I jumped that many people. Hmm. Because, and like, I wasn't even like, you know, I wasn't getting sweaty to do these races. I was just like fucking around with them and trying to finish. Um, so yeah, I got up to 17 and I'm like, shit. Because at each tier you get rewards. And I, I like, I didn't care what tier I got. I could have gone in there and just idled for the three to five events just to get ranked. Uh, but yeah, I got to 17, so that was kind of... That was fun. Um, I'm never going to play ranked again except to do the qualifiers. So, yeah. So do you feel like something like this? Because like, to me, the ranks so far, I've always been like, yeah, whatever. Does it, did it actually add enjoyment to your game, or are you just like, well, it's there? Well, because it's an entirely separate thing, like, my rank is completely separate to my progress throughout the game. Um, I don't care about it a lot. Because I only did it to get the rewards. Mm-hmm. Because um, that's where I'm at with that game, is checking in every day to get my one skill that I have to do that goes towards the progress bar, and then shutting it down, so... Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't really care. I was more surprised at 
the fact that I shot to 17 instead of... Like, I, I was doing pretty well. I think I won, like, 7 of the 10. Hmm. Like, okay, you know, like, it's a high 20, low 19, right? No, I was two-thirds of the way through 17. I was like, shit. A lot of people must suck for me to get this high. <laughs> um, I'm glad you're confident in yourself. Forza Horizon is a very interesting game. I'll put it that way. I like you didn't use the word good. You just said interesting. Well, it's a great game. It's just the stuff they're doing for four is mm -hmm. so much different to what they did for three. Do you think it's because it's, it's it's interesting because it's the it's the games of the service, but like racing games, I feel like have been inherently doing this forever. Just no one paid attention to it. The hardcore fans in racing games will always play the game. But also and they'll play it until the new one comes but out. But like games of service, I feel like racing games are doing like a games of service idea forever. We just never called it then that. Because um, live events. Well, if if you want to be, or... if you want to be, um, realistic about it, the games as a service has existed since iRacing started in the late nineties. So games as a service is nothing new. Mm -hmm. You know, so. And yeah, racing games are, it's funny. Racing games are the video game equivalent of porn to the movie industry. <laughs> um, because no racing games are them. always, well, nobody talks about them and they're always the first with the new tech. Okay, I'm okay with that argument. I'll give you it or like, Or like the tech that they adopt is usually the one that becomes the standard. Mm -hmm. So porn accepted VHS. That became the standard. Porn went to DVD. Became the standard. Porn went to Blu-ray. That became the standard. Like everything the, that the porn industry went to is what just became standard. Which is very interesting if you think about it. <laughs> it is, but it isn't when you start to look at sales. Obviously, the, the entire the internet has screwed everything over mm -hmm. because now it's the tech that they're investing in is uh, VR and resolution tech and it's not physical media formats mm -hmm. um, but yeah it used to be you know like uh, um, video stores right they would buy the movies to rent out and when they bought when they bought their porn movies that they had a section for they usually would buy whatever media they were on for the rest of their movies because then it's one standard mm -hmm. it's not 18 different standards right so it's not VHS Betamax whatever else was on tape like porn is on VHS Everybody else wants a VHS. Except for studios, uh, TV studios. They all use Betamax. And in fact, some of them still do. Hmm. But, uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. So that is Forza. Um, one of the things I saw, which I thought was very interesting, was um, there, on Netflix. Uh, it's, it's by a Canadian studio, but it's still on American Netflix. Uh, they did a documentary on For Honor, which I thought was very interesting. 
it was all about the lead developer Jason Vanderbilt, who I've actually I've met a few times at GDC. Um, he's a very interesting and unique guy. Uh, it's very interesting. He just went through like how did this game come to be, and like it's always been his dream to make it, and like just his emotional cycle of going through the game, and like what it's like to like let your game into the world, and like watch it become something that by the end he could not be part of anymore because it was away from his vision, even though it was better for the game. And it's this very interesting tale of that. Yeah, is that the studio that Eric Pope no, works at? At Ubisoft. This is Ubisoft Montreal. Where he used to work at? One of the guys that the Giant Bomb family is friends with and does the... Uh, Eric Pope is from Montreal, so maybe. Does the... Um, well, it was Eric Pope and... Uh, what's his name? Did the... Um, Video game wrestling. Yeah. I'm uh, Mr. Pope on Twitter. I know who Eric Pope is. <laughs> well, but the those two guys, one of them worked with For Honor. I don't know. I can't remember if it was Pope or... Uh, but it's know. very interesting, though. I just thought of, like, because... Just because James Van was a very interesting person, and I was very, like, watching him, like, go through the cycle of, like, what it's like to, like, make your dream game, and then over time, like, no, it's no longer yours. Like, letting it go, kind of. Yeah. And I think that was what's very interesting about that story. It's also funny because half of it's in French, so obviously I didn't understand part of it. <coughs> but I think it was a very cool documentary just going through this journey of, like, watching a major studio. Also, the other thing in there which I didn't realize that Ubisoft did, which I think is interesting, is Ubisoft greenlights what they define as a small team, which is, like, 40 people. Uh, they do a bunch of them, and then they each get, like, six months to make a game, and then they do, like, an, like a, every year, they basically do an annual retreat into Paris, and then basically the executive team, like, greenlits a couple games from this list, and the rest of them get canceled. Yeah. I mean, they seem like the most interesting of the main... Publishers? Publishers. They Outside of, like, some of the stuff Sony does, but... Yeah, I think that's more of a the Japanese culture kind of disappearing in that company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also watched Too Funny to Fail, which I don't. Did we talk about that ever? I don't know if we ever did. Okay, so Too Funny to Fail is the documentary on Hulu about the Dana Carvey show. So Dana Carvey, I don't know. Do you know who Dana Carvey is? Yeah. The and then he did a sh- he did an improv show. This that's that the Dana Carvey show. Didn't last a very long, right? It lasted eight episodes. Actually, it lasted yeah. seven. They didn't premiere the eighth. So so this is what's insane about this show. So Dana Carvey, to put in perspective, said Bill Hader, they they interviewed a lot too. He's like, he's like, he's like he did, he did a great perspective. He goes he goes put in perspective. I was on SNL for eight years when Bill Hader left. Okay. Bill Hader, I think it was in the New York Times, got a two-paragraph thing, right? Saying he left, here's his bio. Dana Carvey got a two-page, and it was the front two pages of the New York Times, explaining how upsetting people were when he left. To put in perspective how big of a deal Dana Carvey was. He Well, I mean, it would be like, the thing of it is, right, Dana Carvey is, to SNL, what, like, Sandler was. Yeah, like... It, it, I don't he think was I, the I guy. I don't There's, think I realized how important Dana Carvey was. Hater. 
Hater was good on the Hater, I think, is one of the modern greats. Modern. And I'm putting that, okay, like, the last 10 years, Hater's one of the best. But, but think about it this way, right? When was the last time people were like, oh, yeah, this is a great SNL cast? I think the 2015 years ago. See, okay, so I'm going to give an argument. I don't think it's the great cast. I think the 2010 to like 2012 class, class, which still included Bill Hader, it still included. God, I could picture the guy in my head. Amy Poehler. Uh, Keenan Thompson, may, that may have been his first. Um, first year there. It pictured. Oh, God. It, the, Seth Meyers, Jimmy Fallon. It, I think Jimmy Fallon is about about the way out to this point. Uh, Will Fort was on. Fred Armisen was still here. Uh, Jason Sudeikis, who I was thinking of. Like you, like you have this group of like the still really. I think that was still a really strong group. Yeah. And you can even see what they've done since then to, to see that they actually were a decently strong group as a whole. Yeah. But I mean, I think that was, I think that's the last super strong SNL cast personally. Yeah. Well, like when Carvey was. On SNL, SNL was must see TV. That's true. So, so this is my favorite thing about. It. So Dana Carvey then decided he wanted to do a small stage sketch show. So he did this whole shtick of, okay, let's go to the different networks, and eventually ABC, who just got bought by Disney, by the way, which is one book to explain makes it a thousand percent funny. Okay, Dana Carvey hires lead writer. He at least had lead writer who's an old SNL guy. His second writer in command. An unknown comedian by the name of Louis C.K. His two main people he hired as writers such main stars. Unknown comedians named Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell. They didn't hire Jimmy Fallon because Louis C.K. thought he was too much of a fuckboy and threatened to quit. Which, I, can you process what I just said of the list of people that Dana Carvey's career he started? Well, oh, who's the other one that, like... There's another person that you looked at their <laughs> cast list and it was like, okay. But again, yeah. it's this insane thing. And I forget too that like Stephen Colbert and uh, Steve Carell were like both um, Second City boys who were like broke at the time. Yeah. And the thing about like where they are now and like they, even to this day, they're like Dana Carvey made our career. So like without Dana Carvey, we'd be nobody. Okay, so the opening picture, this is the, op- ready for the opening skit of the show, primetime on ABC, after Home Improvement. So you know exactly what Home Improvement is, right? The family-friendly show. Opening skit, okay? Picture this. This is like when there's Bill and Hillary Clinton stuff of, like, the rumors of the affair is going on. So the opening skit is Dana Carvey, dressed as Bill Clinton, explaining how Hillary's not good image for the country, so I've locked her in a closet. And you see, go to footage of Hillary Clinton trying to escape the closet, okay? He's then explaining how he could be motherly like a mother for this country to let us heal. So then, <laughs> they decided to put, on Dana Carvey, put eight fake breasts with working milk pumps on them. So then he started taking babies to then drink from his breast if she, he could feed the country. And, and the skin involved, like, taking cats to get feed from him, taking little puppies to feed from him. And that's the entire shtick of the opening skit of the show. <laughs> After Home Improvement, they said, they, so it was at the time, the, C, the CEO of, of ABC was like, he was doing minute-by-the-minute ratings, like, so you could see when stuff, legitimately they lost 95% of their audience. Six million people turned the show off within five minutes. Yeah. I mean... 
They the reason they did that is because it's called a tent pole. So you have uh, home improvement. You had the slot there, and then your eleven o'clock news. But it, think about like how actually astronomical insane that is. <laughs> oh, I yeah, I totally get it. But the thing of it is, Dana Carvey now looking back on his stuff it isn't as funny as I thought it was when I first watched it it depends on the thing like Wayne's World Wayne's World is okay it doesn't hold up yeah not as funny as I thought it was the thing uh, is Master I... of Disguise a lot worse than I thought it was so the thing I think with Wayne's World which becomes interesting to me is Wayne's World back then was unknown comedy when now I feel like every comedian tries to be that type of comedy so it's not this like unique thing anymore yeah and I because think about how many millennial comedians now are doing the I'm not funny I'm really weird which is funny thing there's too many it's just I don't like that style of comedy I don't either that's my issue with a lot of the modern stuff I'm like I don't get that style the only person that I like that style is Eric Andre I'm here with there on Eric Andre. I understand the because moments where he's he goes funny. so far. But I think Eric Andre is also making fun of that style. Yeah, oh, he is because he goes so far. Like we all know the Eric Andre meme. Which one? The one where he where where someone gets shot and they keep shooting them. Oh yeah. I thought you were gonna talk about the one where he it's the fence and he's shaking on it. To... <laughs> oh yeah. Let me in. <laughs> um, so yeah, is that everything you've? Yeah, that's all my big stuff. So yeah, let's get back into the news. Uh, the Vive Index was the pre-orders are up. Can we discuss that name? Uh, you can. Do you like it? I don't know why it would. I don't know why they called it that. I don't know why they didn't call it something different. I know, Index to me just feels like... My issues becomes a relatively generic of a name. To me. It makes me wonder if this, like... The Index is the first of... A set of headsets. Yeah, that that is true. That name does make it feel like... You go Index and then you start, like, naming it based upon positions. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple tier prices all in. It's a thousand bucks, which isn't much more than what my Vive was. It isn't, but I still think it's the sense of, and I know it's Valve, but in the sense of we're putting a new, un, relatively unknown in this space. Yeah. And that's why I think that the price being, concerns me. That being said, the tech appears to be uh, Vive, or I wrote Vive on the sheet. It's the Valve Index. Um, Vive, the Valve. Vive Pro screens are maybe a little bit even worse than what the Index is going to be. And the Index is $400 cheaper mm-hmm. than the Pro. And it's using the new Pro base stations and the new controllers. Whereas the Pro was using, obviously, new headset and new base stations, but the same Vive controllers. Mm. So, 
Yeah, and there's tiers. There's the uh, headset and controllers, if you already have base stations. There's just the headset. There's just the controllers and just the base stations. Mm-hmm. Which, like, for me, I would just get the headset. I mean, I might get the headset and controllers, but um, because I already have the base stations, I don't need uh, the base stations. So that's, what, 750 yeah, 750 for the headset and controllers. Which, when you think about it, isn't terrible. I don't think it's terrible. My concern just becomes... So, what's interesting to me is, like, in theory, as generations... The rapidness of the VR generations are going, they should be becoming cheaper and not more expensive. And that's what I think also is concerning me a bit. I think the thing of it is, this index is... The highest of ends. Yeah, it's the highest end thing. So, it's going to be the most expensive, or one of the most expensive... Because it's reaching at, you know, but to me, the bleeding edge, not even the cutting edge, the bleeding edge of this tech. But my concern is right now, so the, the, the middle, which I think the middle is about to be, has become the Oculus Quest, which I think what the middle should become. And my concern is if everyone keeps fighting their way to the top and then suffocating each other, that we want some people at the top to push it up, but I don't think we're, like, helping. Yeah. Well, there's no... I mean, Oculus is going to have the middle mm-hmm. sector. Because I think the Quest is a good um, middle, especially by the by all accounts of how it works. Like, there's no competition really in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like, those Windows mixed reality things are okay. And, you know, all the phone stuff is cheaper. So that low end of the phone-based VR is going to get swallowed up. Mm-hmm. You know, Samsung and Google and, well, the Oculus is basically just a Samsung, but um, they're the ones that are going to make it out of that. Then the Quest is going to sit nicely in the middle where there's no Vive competitor. Because the Vive and, like, the original Oculus are a tier above that. Mm -hmm. And then you have the Index, the Vive Pro, and the... Oculus, whatever they call it. Yeah, the Oculus Pro, whatever they call it. I think it has a better name, but yeah, it's the Oculus Pro. So, yeah, VR is definitely going to be an interesting uh, area in the next I'd say three to five years well, again, I, I, again people like I said I don't think it's dead I just think it's this interesting thing of I think they're fighting in the wrong verticals Personally. well and I think I think the thing of it is people aren't hearing anything but like from all accounts PSVR sold incredibly well for what it is because even if you even hear like Shuya Yoshida who is the charge of first place he even like the way he was talking about it like based on internal projections, like, they knew what they were doing, of, like, we know this is going to sell 50 million units, but we, we, like, that's not a goal right now. Yeah. Or even you have stuff like HoloLens 2 is coming out, which I know is, is AR and MR, but it's an interesting thing of, like, even Microsoft isn't giving up in this space in this way you think, like, where Google Glass was given up. So this gives, makes me feel like those companies are being very interest, still interested in it. And yeah. there has to be a reason they are. There has to be a reason, or they would have given up by now. Uh, yeah. I think there might, there may have been some companies that would stick it to the end just to... Yeah, 
But like if you say they never they never died. But like if you're HTC, I don't know if I would have. Well, HTC doesn't have anything. Like they got rid of their phones, they got rid of their computers, like That's true. The vibe was HTC. HTC. Which is funny because we used to everyone used to consider it, the Vive the Valve headset, ironically enough. And now there is a Valve headset. Yeah. Which and I mean Valve does when they do hardware. How how upset do you think HTC was when they found out? I don't think they cared at all. But like you knew that like the way the Vive was advertised was it was the Valve it wasn't Valve but like everyone treated it as the Valve headset. Like it was the yeah. Steam integration I mean, was built in. You had all of that. Think of it this way, right? Like if you're HTC, you got all the sales for the Vive and the Vive Pro. So people already have that hardware in your in their house. Mm -hmm. And now Valve releases a headset where they can use that hardware. They don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, they could. You know, they, they may even sell the original base stations. That are going to be cheaper. And then, you know, have people pick and choose. Like, okay, you're going to get the index headset with the controllers, but then you're getting the Gen 1 base stations. And you could save, you know, 100 bucks. Mm -hmm. Or if you already have the Gen 1 base stations, like I do, you're saving, I think it's 150 or 200 for the base stations. Mm-hmm. Um, I had mentioned that we were going to get back to Netflix, and it's because there was a story between the two shows that came exactly that um, the reason you see a lot of the Netflix shows that get canceled get canceled after their second season and not sticking around for a third is because after a third season, once a show enters its third season, royalties get very interesting. So by who describes so, this rule? Like, is it a Netflix rule? No, this is a... Like... What, the royalty yeah. checks? This is a SAG rule. Okay. So in their contracts, it's if you're on a show, a syndicated show, your royalties get paid on every time an episode airs. Yes, how does that work with Netflix? I've always wondered how that works with Netflix. Um, it's probably just a lower amount. But they still probably do some level of... Yeah. Because my assumption is, it's based on Spotify works, is similar way of, like, from the description end, they say, we're going to say 10 bucks, easy math. Netflix goes, six bucks is actors' royalties or whatever royalties, and then we just divide of how many get what based on viewership. Right. So, yeah, like, you know, the average... Well, I guess Seinfeld, in a weird way, is the easiest show to use because because they they continually have these giant so friends. syndication deals friends is too friends isn't a billion dollars every time it gets renewed it's something's around there though it's close well i think at the end the friends actors were making a million dollars an episode yeah they were the first times but, that they that showed in groups like that together they said everyone has to be paid the same they're notorious for the first show to do that yeah but so like seinfeld 
let's just take their billion, their first billion dollar <laughs> thing, right? So what that meant was it's not like Jerry Seinfeld got his chunk right up. It was that billion dollars is going to be spread across 10 years or whatever it was. Yeah, I think it was 10 years. So, you know, every time an episode airs that you are credited in, you get a check for whatever that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason they had a dollar amount attached to that deal is because they had a plan. Mm-hmm. They knew exactly how many times that show was going to air. Because most networks were like, we they fought for a slot and they'd keep that slot forever. Cause, right, cause so it's going to be... Seinfeld. Seinfeld consistently does ratings. Right. Even to this day. So... Netflix is like, well, screw this. Like, you know, if we've got a failing show. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye after the second season. Like, there's no way we're making a third. Which is we're interesting. Not pay you guys. That explains why most Netflix shows at least get a second season, even if they suck. Wasn't the rule forever was Netflix had the two season rule, basically? Well, yeah. And I. <sighs> There's there's so many problems with Netflix that we could do <laughs> an entire podcast on what I believe Netflix should change, but um, like an entire podcast series, not just a show. Um, there's a lot of problems there that they need to change, and if they do, or if they keep their stance, I could see the way we consume media to change in the next ten years. In an extreme fashion. Um, yeah. Um, we'll do this last story and then the other stuff we'll include in our uh, endgame talk. Okay. Uh, sad note to the end of the first half of this episode. I'm sorry, I was trying yeah. to my expression. Uh, Peter Mayhew passed away at, what was it, 71? 74. 74. Um, and I was talking to my parents about this. And I'm like, I'm honestly surprised he lived that long because tall people generally don't yeah, live. Yeah, is a problem or whatever? I don't remember what it was, but like, thought, just in general, like, the taller you are, the shorter you live. That's true. I thought there was something, he was abnormally tall and I thought he had some genetic thing. He may have. Like, Andre the Giant had a tumor in his brain that caused his uh, growth the growth hormone to continually be released. Um, and he died from a massive heart attack because of that. He was, he was super young also. Not this, but he was, he was super young. 46. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously a somber end to the end of uh, this first half of the episode. And now there will be two tributes at the end of whatever the fuck episode nine is called. Um, Rise of Skywalker. Not the Skywalker, Skywalker. Sure, whatever. Which is very interesting that they purposely did not put the... Which makes me... Star Wars is stupid. Let's end this first half. Oh, God, why did you say that out loud? Um, you know it is. I'm not, I'm not commenting. I refuse to comment. Star Wars is stupid. You can have fun watching it. It's just stupid, like... God. Um, 
Oh yeah. So if you don't want uh, endgame spoilers, uh, obviously your episode's going to end here in a very short time. Um, but for those that have seen Endgame or don't give a shit about spoilers, the second half of the show will be coming right up with that talk. But here's an ad. to whatever it takes whatever it takes i was honestly trying to remember what the tagline for. i'm proud of you did remember i was expecting you to fuck it up so bad <laughs> um how do you want to start this this may have been the first mm, second marvel movie that i've mm, third marvel movie i've enjoyed whoa 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 so you actually enjoy, so this is actually positive from you? Yeah. Wow, well, I expected it. I'm going to be honest, I expect you to be like, well, it was kind of boring, you know, it's pointless, I don't... Uh, I'm curious to think what you think the other two are. Um, Guardians? No. Okay, so it's not Guardians, so it's definitely not Thor Ragnarok. Um, Winter Soldier? Oh, shit. <laughs> I did like Ragnarok. Okay. Wh- I, f- I f- honestly forgot about Ragnarok. Winter Soldier? I think I saw it once, but it's because that feels like a you movie. Memorable. Um, well, you had of like one of the Iron Mans. I'm gonna say one. Yeah, yeah. So you like Iron Man one? Yep. What the fuck show the? I'm trying to think. Ragnarok. Okay, Which Ragnarok isn't the one you're other thinking? One. It's that's what I'm trying yeah, to think. Because I doubt it's a Phase One thing. Don't fucking tell me it's Avengers one. Mm-mm. What is it? It's fairly recent. Is it Ant-Man and the Wasp? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, is it Spider-Man? Uh, no, but... Is that passable to you? It's passable. Oh, no, I no, think I, eventually I, I will come to life. I don't love... I, I don't love Spider-Man. I'm not sitting here defending Spider-Man. I'm trying to think, though, like, what it is. God, what is it? Uh, it's a phase three. Whoa, I'm sorry, you cut out? Phase three. Is it... It's not Infinity War. No. Like, say, no, you had a negative-ish. Not negative, but... Um... Thor Ragnarok. Guardians Volume 2. Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'll put it this way. The reason I don't like the Guardians movies is because they're just kind of stupid. Okay. Like, the soundtrack's great. Don't get me wrong. The soundtrack's <laughs> great. Um, and Do you like Drax Doctor, is this is a, Doctor Strange? No. Oh. Um, Drax is a hilarious character. <laughs> oh, you just like Dave Bautista. Yeah. Drax but is, other than, Dave Bautista's an actor in that movie. He, he was in the script, I believe. I believe he just, he just said, Dave Bautista, do your best impression of um, Triple H and go. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I just... The Guardians movies, I just could never... So what is it, then? It's Captain Marvel. 
Really? I, okay. For a very specific ne reason. Never in a million years would I have gone to Captain Marvel. <laughs> There's a very specific you reason love. I like Captain Marvel. No. No. It's It feels the least like a Marvel movie. In like, recent think time. I'll give, you, the, I'll give yeah. you in recent time. I think I think something like Winter Soldier to me also breaks the mold in that regard. But think about the ones that I like. Iron Man 1. Mm-hmm. Thor, Ragnarok, and Captain Marvel. Which is, I'm They're the least Marvel. I'm surprised Winter Soldier isn't on that list for you then, because to me, it's in the same boat in that regard. I think the reason it isn't in that boat is because I saw it once. Okay. And it was, Cause, in, you know... Because to I me, just, yeah. the strength of Winter Soldier is why it's one of my favorites, is because to me, it's more about like a Cold War thriller than it is a superhero movie. It's my Logan Western argument. Yeah. So yeah, this is... This is the, what would that be? One, two, three, fourth Marvel movie that I've liked. So Endgame, I think, is my favorite Marvel movie. So this is where it gets interesting. I think Endgame is not my favorite, but I, it's, I think Endgame found a beautiful way to pay off a lot of the things we wanted to do happen. And I think Endgame has a bunch of emotional turns. So obviously, the big emotional thing is the like when you have the two of them fighting to who gets to kill themselves is a good moment that I think was well earned. Yeah. And also, you Speaking knew it was which, coming. Yeah. That opening, the Hawkeye scene? Yeah. Was that in something? No. Because my neighbor, who didn't see it, mm -hmm. described that opening Hawkeye scene basically shot for shot. So... And he hadn't seen Endgame. So what did... The, the way you could get something similar to that be, is... Age of Ultron, like, they were on that farm. So I wonder if there's something... Well, like, there he specifically addressed that they got snapped. I think... I, I, that was never a thing that was publicly... Because that was very much a shocking moment in the theater. Like, that was as the cold open. Yeah, and he described that basically shot for shot. Hmm. That's interesting. And... Like, he... Like, he specifically hadn't seen Endgame and... You know, I saw it that Friday morning and saw him Friday night. He was seen it Saturday. And when I was talking to him, I was like, yeah, it opens in a really different way. Um, so what do you think of that opening? Because I think it's an interesting way to set up the tone of the movie. Yeah, it, when it when it serves as the open for your movie. I, it wouldn't. It wouldn't make sense. Like to me, there's something really cool about it because obviously the post-credit scenes recently have been like where the rest of the snaps have been happening. I think it's very interesting that they saved that one for like not an end-credit scene, but like we're just reminding you of what the fuck happened. I was almost wondering if it was an end-credit scene that I didn't watch. No, that's that's all because the end-credit scenes were Ant-Man and the Wasp had that end-credit scene, and Captain Marvel had Captain Marvel appearing, which I to me was interesting. Yeah. Because to me, that could have also, if you wanted to switch them, that could have been the code open of the movie and you switch it as Hawkeye being the end credit for Captain Marvel. Would have been how I would have ran it. I don't know. It just, the way they used that scene to just establish the tone. It was tone so of slow. And that's what gets it to is you knew what was the fuck was happening, but like it was so slow, it was painful to like just know what was going to happen. I think the person. A couple seats down from me, I heard an audible gasp. 
when Hawkeye turns around and his family's gone. Because a part of me was like, a part of me was, I was wondering if they're going to do like an emotional stir of like with Peter and, and Iron Man. I was wondering if they're going to do like the kid and you could see the happen to the kid or something. Yeah, I don't know. But I will say it then goes from that into the death toll I really like. The death toll was interesting, but the end credits, they finally fixed it <laughs> because it was stupid. Like, I understood the movies that released during the 10th anniversary during 2018 because that was the 10th anniversary of Iron Man 1. In the 10th anniversary for your studio, I understand. It was Iron Man 1's birthday like two years ago. I thought it was 20... I thought it was 2008. Yeah, but the 11th anniversary. His birthday, so I didn't say 10th oh. anniversary. Yeah, sorry. Um, that stupid 10 and their logo. <laughs> they kept it, and Captain Marvel had it. thought it was the stupidest thing in the world. And I think I even mentioned when we were talking about Captain Marvel, I really hope Endgame doesn't have that. Also, I want to put this out. Eternal. You were right, because Endgame did not have uh, the opening Stan Lee thing. I thought of you when I saw that. Oh, his cameo? No, the opening. Remember how Captain Marvel, the opening credits were all Stan Lee? Yeah, his cameos? Yeah, they didn't have it this time, which I thought was... Do you know what's interesting, though? Um was every single one of the things were heroes that were still alive. So, like, where there would be Black Panther, they showed the female instead and stuff because she's alive and stuff, which I thought was very interesting. Oh, in the opening shots? Yeah, they didn't have, yeah. like, Black Panther, no Spider-Man, no Doctor Strange. I didn't notice that, but... I, was a cool I was just touch. happy that they got rid of the stupid 10. I thought it was a cool touch that they did that. Also, I liked the music in it. It was a good, it was a good like, setting the mood. Yeah. So, back on this main plot of the movie, though, what to me was very interesting was, is the opening 15 minutes of that film is what I thought the whole film would basically be. In a bigger scale, obviously, but, like, I assumed it was them figuring out how to go find Thanos and go to space. I didn't realize that would be the opening 15 minutes of the film, and you're like, the fuck is this film? Well, yeah, when they kill him, I'm like... Because in my head, I'm like... There's, there's still, like, <laughs> hours. over two and a half hours. <laughs> also, in my head, I'm like... Who's the villain of this film? Because in my head, yeah. in my head, obviously Thanos is the villain, and then you kill Thanos, and I'm like, what? What? I was actually being like, I don't know who the enemy is. <laughs> and that's, I, that was when it went from being, this ain't a Marvel movie. Like this is a, this is a gritty movie, like which it is. I think it's a strength of this film, is it's so fucking gritty. Yeah, this isn't a fun, mar this isn't a fun, campy superhero movie. This is a, it's not as gritty as Saving Private Ryan, because that movie goes places. But it's very much, they understood, um, they're like, okay, we understand the Marvel film, but like, let's make it this thing of like, you, you tell deaths matter, the, the, the heroes aren't who you remember them being. Some of them might gain some weight. <laughs> fat, I'm going to say it. I don't care what online says. Fat Thor is one of the best things that the Marvel's ever done in their life. Well, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a really good breakdown of it on Reddit that I saw. I couldn't remember if it was movies or the Marvel subreddit. Of 
fat Thor, depressed Thor, is a great example of how most people deal with depression. <laughs> like, they don't act depressed, they act like they're happy, but Dude, obviously something's wrong. But, like, it, but Fat Thor was so... Like, okay, Fat Thor, when Rocket got him with a beer onto the ship... <laughs> what What kind of beer? Yeah. Well, and... I don't know if you remember from Ragnarok, and I only remember this because I saw something uh, recently, but Odin makes a mention of how Asgard isn't a place. Yeah. It's a mentality. Mm -hmm. It's a people. And the town was called New Asgard. That was pretty funny. Like, I thought, okay, yeah, this is, this is cool. Um, I will say the use... The build-up of Captain Marvel through her movie was such a letdown for the use that they actually had her so and for the movie. The opening, when she says Tony, I think is stupid. I think in the moment when she comes up and, like, she destroys Thanos' ship, it's such a cool powerhouse moment. At the end? I think, I think, I think her in, the yeah. in the, that final fight is objectively better than her in the first half of the film. What, the two shots she's in? Yes. I'm assuming going to... No, she's in three shots. Um, she's the opening thing. She's the girl's she, power moment. And then she stops him from snapping his fingers. With the, with the reality stone moment. Hold on. She saves Tony. So she saves Tony in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. She's in the dumb holographic scene. Right. Um, then she's... Then we flash forward after she leaves. And... Is that the five years later? Five years later is holographic. So it basically right. saves Tony yeah. leaves, which I assume is the same shot. Uh, yeah. Then you go five to holographic. Then we go to, she blows up Thanos' ship during the fight, which I would argue is one. Uh, then she's part of the entire girl's powerhouse moment, which even though she's more than one shot, I'm yeah. counting as one. And then the other one is when Thanos is about to snap fingers, she pulls down the gloves, he pulls off the reality stone and emits her away. Right. Which yeah. I, which I was like, I think that I think I th so I'm gonna say it, I think the girl's power moment is really fucking cool in the shots. Oh yeah, yeah. In the moment that I understand, well, like it's campy and whatever, but in the moment, it's actually a really like the way they pull it off. It's like when you first see like pep, like pots in that suit, you're like, who the well, fuck is that? And they totally did the che the um, Chekhov's gun. Yeah. Because his Tony's daughter has the helmet. And he makes mention of it's a present he got. But no one, no one peppered. put that together. I don't know who. He, I don't care who the fuck you are. No one was like, obviously that's Pot's Iron Man suit. Like no one thought that at all. Well, no, I recognized the mask. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't necessarily put two and two together at first. I understand that you're looking back. I do too. But in the moment, there's yeah. no way I was ever going to put that together. No, but they perfectly pulled off a Chekhov's gun. Like, Marvel is pretty notorious of when they do a Chekhov's gun, they just kind of blow it. But that was a good... This was the perfect one. It was... Um, so I think that's really cool. Um, I personally like the... I understand how we got to the idea of time travel was kind of stupid, but I like the time travel in the sense of they're like, okay, let's go to Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's go to a really emotional spot where we have to kill one of two best friends. Let's go to the original fucking Avengers fight and some 
Who the goddamn it thought, let's make Thor Dark World matter? <laughs> Who the hell was like, this is the movie, guys? Well, because it has to, they have to find each stone. No, but but it's, you know what I mean? It's kind of funny that, like, they found a yeah. way to make the movie that everyone was like, the only way they could have been better is if they went to the Incredible Hulk. That's the only way it could have been more insane. <laughs> well, in the, uh, when they go back to, when they're at, um, when obviously they fuck up the... Oh yeah, and they, go, and they go back to 1970. And which, by the way, that Stanley cameo is hilarious. It is. A part of me wishes we saw him be vaporized, like, okay. but yeah. Nah. Yeah, I know you can't because it's Stanley. But a part of me wishes we saw like a snap moment with him. Um. But then they go back in the interaction with. Howard. That's a good interaction. Like, that must have been... Was that supposed to be uh, Winter Soldier? Or was that supposed to be... uh, What are you talking about? 1970? The original... Oh, so yeah, you want to know this. Uh, 1970 is when Howard Stark and uh, Peggy basically form S.H.I.E.L.D. It's right as the formation of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. is. I don't know if it's right before or right after, but like that's basically when S.H.I.E.L.D. was formed in what we define as S.H.I.E.L.D. What movie was that in? There wasn't. Uh, Agent Carter was a TV show that they kind of explained oh, that in. Oh, okay. It was... That's the same okay, actress. so it did tie in. So that's the same actress, and it. Jarvis, even though it's, even though it's yeah. his voice, it's not actually the, that's not actually the voice character, but that is, that is her character in Agent Carter. With, he has his actual voice, though, not <laughs> the voice they put him as. Okay. That's all that is. Um, and in Winter Soldier, they kind of explained it, but not a ton. Gotcha. But no, so I think that's really cool. Um, I do like the whole Avengers fight, though, how they found a way to, like, add scenes to the Avengers fight, and, like, they de-aged fucking everyone for that fight. <laughs> they did, but I almost... <laughs> I almost wonder how much of that they had... I, like, I, in spare shots already. But a lot of it they couldn't have, like... Because the way some of them interact, obviously they didn't. Like, the Robert Redford stuff, the rumor is that was legit new shots. Yeah. Because Redford at that point wasn't in Avengers 1, so they didn't know he was a character, probably. Right. Any of, any of those things. Like, the elevator... Se- okay, the elevator sequence was such cool, because, like, in Winter Soldier, that was the elevator shots. So, like, during that moment, it's so tense until he goes... Hail Hydra, you're like, is it, are they about to do it? Are they, are they about to do the fight? Yeah, but I mean, like, some of those practical shots that they did, like, in the uh, in the apartment, in the Stark Tower, like, I have to imagine they had a bunch of cameras to shoot that stuff anyway. Oh, those I bet you, yeah, we had extra. So I wonder how much of that was footage they literally just had lying around. Well, that I can see some of that, but I mean, there's some, like, interaction moments where I don't think it was. Yeah. Uh, but also... Oh, yeah, there's definitely stuff that they had to go in and... 2012 New York, when when Hulk sees young Hulk, and he goes, and they're like, you need to smash some stuff, and he goes, I think that's grotesque, and rips off his shirt and, like, lightly smashes a car. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, smash. Uh. I still can't believe they got away with Professor Hulk also. Like, think about how insane that is. You're like, we have Professor Hulk and Fat Thor in this movie. 
Well, in the photo. <laughs> I'm Ant-Man. Do you want a picture with me? No, 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 no. no it's take okay. It, take no, it. No, God really. damn, take your phone back. <laughs> the, dude, I was waiting because I knew it was PG-13 and the way that they were... Using those swear words. You, yeah, using the language. I was waiting for the fuck. Yeah, they know use they use shit liberally in this movie. Yes. <laughs> I was like, okay, I understand we could get away with it, but like this seems like we're pushing lines. Well, and obviously it was at some point in there the Captain America switch turned off. Mm-hmm. Because well, like you started to see it in past movies, and that's when like I, I accepted it from his character arc because you started to see it change like over time. It's like this is the biggest change, but we saw it happen, kind of. Well, and the the thing I'm referencing is when I watched Iron Man recently on Hulu. Yeah. The next thing that auto played was uh, Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. and that's the moment where he yeah, language yeah. language, yeah. Which also me watching Age of Ultron recently for sure, like, helped some of this movie when they did certain moments. I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Like, you know the moment we have not talked about yet? When Captain America picks up the fucking hammer. Well, it's mentioned... It's Age of Ultron where that moment happens, yeah. The moment happens, but I'll say this only because I've read the recaps. Mm Mm-hmm. It was mentioned in the first Thor that it's whoever is deemed worthy. And that's true, but it was the whole point was that was Age of Ultron when they're going in the circle and it kind of moved and that was the Thor moment of, <gasps> and oh, he didn't pick it up and like Thor's content. Yeah. And that was why it was so great though. Thor's about to fucking die. And then Cap does that and you just hear Thor go, I knew it! <laughs> yeah. And then you had the epic fight where then they get into it and Thor's like, no, no, you get the small one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also, so right during that fight when, when Doctor Strange appears and brings everyone fucking back is actually that's such a cool like set up the fight that's the first time we ever see like the true Avengers assemble line like that too Yeah, and you see everyone who like you see the Avengers that way in its entirety yeah it was definitely a, a cool cool scene also the, I don't know if you caught it too that was when it was Cap I'm on your left that's that's because that's during Winter Soldier when he meets Falcon. He keeps doing laps around him because he keeps saying I'm on your left like continually is where that comes from. Okay, yeah, and see. I can't remember Winter Soldier. I did like the shot of you know uh Tony Stark asked Doctor Strange Is this the one how many how many yeah, is this the one? And then when he puts his He's like, up. I can't tell you yeah, he goes, I can't tell you because I could change the outcome. And then the things start to change, and he just gives him a one. I'm like, okay. So, the, so that to me, that whole like, the only reason that glove thing makes sense is because we explained nanobots in Infinity War. The only reason why it makes sense why he was able to take stuff off the glove like that. Nano machines. But again, at least if they if they explained it in Infinity War, which at least makes it acceptable. If they didn't explain it. I'd be like, the fuck happened. Yeah, I do. I will say, I saw somebody say that. Um, basically the line for Stark and uh, Captain America is almost the exact same of the you can rest now. But it's such a good line. Yeah. 
But just the way that they both go out, like, mm-hmm. feeling content with what they did. It is. It's and, and Captain America, to me, you know, the upsetting thing I'm going to say is Bucky should be capped, not Falcon. He should be, but there's a reason that they're doing it. I understand. But, like, just because who's the super soldier? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely a reason why they're doing... We all know the next Cap's going to start both of them. I'm just saying, if yeah. I said who should become Cap, it should have been Bucky or Falcon. Yeah. Also, apparently, they had the kid from... Uh, Iron Man 3. Which I did not recognize that... No, I forgot there was a kid in Iron Man 3 until someone pointed that out. Who's the... I... I saw something about the kid... I thought it was the kid from, I think, isn't it Age of Ultron, where he's, like, fixing up the tractor? No, that's Iron Man 3. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking of the right scene. You were thinking the right the scene, just movie. the wrong movie. I forgot the kid okay. existed. I, feel, I've, I try to wipe Iron Man 3 out of my mind. And then, so there was... Obviously, Pepper and the family... Cap wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, May and Peter. What do you mean Cap wasn't there? Was he at the funeral? Yeah, this is pre. He did the the senior where he leaves after. Right. I'm trying. Well, I'm trying because he's in the, the so funeral. he's not in the Cap America group. He's in the front group with the main Avengers. That's probably okay, where you're dividing smart. him because this is that back yeah. group where's the Cap people with Scarlet Witch and Falcon and Bucky. Yeah. He's in the front group with, like, Hulk and stuff. Yeah, I couldn't remember. And then you have Captain Marvel standing at the back, I'm thinking to myself. Yeah, Captain Marvel you, and the Nick Fury's behind her, appearing. Yeah, I'm like, you did jack shit in this movie. You do not deserve that position. Or maybe you do, because you <laughs> did jack shit. Hey, she did save the day. Say what you want during She's, it. She literally saved them. <laughs> she did, but the way that they build up her character, it's such... So, so her I'm going to use a phrase that I love. Her, her character ship, is such a wet fart. So her blowing up the ship makes sense because in Captain Marvel, they made a point of how she blew up ships, and that's okay. That's, that's an acceptable yeah. plot. Um, the girl power scene, we both agree, is fine. Yeah. The glove thing, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I think it's a cool fight scene in the sense of how it ends with the reality stone. Well, and she's... She's powered by the but Tesseract, she's right? Powered so, by, no, she's powered by the power, by the power stone, not the Tesseract. She's powered by the... Isn't, oh, it's Tesseract. You're right, it's Tesseract. I was yeah. using Tesseract and the staff. Loki's staff. You're right, it is Tesseract. No, it's Loki's staff. They're the same thing. No, it's Power Stone. No, Loki's staff and Tesseract is different. A Tesseract is Space Stone. Loki's staff is the Mind Stone. Yeah. That's why they they're both blue, though, aren't they? Yes. They're both blue cubes. So, they, no, now they're blue and orange. In the original Avengers... They were, and that was the problem. So they retconned that. That's an actual plot hole they had in the Avengers. Okay, but... So when they went back in time, Captain, they dealt with Captain the, Marvel is... A stone. Tesseract. Yeah, she is... She's powered by a stone. Yes. <laughs> no, she's a stone. Yes. She has the power of a stone. So it makes sense that she would be able to... Fight him hand to hand. Yeah, and t- I, but I do like how they end it with the reality stone, and that's when everyone's like, "Oh fucking no!" 
And then that's when Iron Man. That's when that's when Doctor Strange looks yeah. at Iron Man and goes one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the Captain America. That was a great way to send off his character. People are like it's confusing the timelines. I'm like it's not confusing. They explained the timeline shit. Yeah, he says exactly what happened. He explained how if you go there, it's a new reality, and it, the your past does not affect the present because that's not because basically it creates a new timeline where that is true. But the timeline you experienced is still true for the people in your timeline. So no, he explained it super well and it makes sense. And basically, for Cap to be at that bench, what that realistically probably means is in his timeline, he went to where said machine is and just went back to this time. Yeah. Or he... When he found the machine, or a machine came back because basically what they what they said is is that they are allowed to go to any time in the past so if in captain america's timeline where he grew old he waited till after this time he then could go right, to that yeah. bench and teleport to it right in simple terms yeah you couldn't go forward you could go back into your future you could always go into your past and right. this would still be and then his you could past come back to the present right and the point is to him this would still be the past because they explained how your individual present is what matters, not the world's present. Yep. And that's what my people like excuse me, like, no. They explained how Hawkley made a statement of how your pre- your future is the present, your present's the past. Like he explained that part. Yeah, with uh Oh, what's the actress's name? Paul Rudd's references. <laughs> no, um Don Cheadle? No, the actress. That has the, um... Describer. What's her name? I don't know who you're talking about. The bald lady. that Where oh, he yeah. describes the stones. Yes, her, uh, Tilda Swin. Yeah. But I meant they explained time travel before, like, pre-them doing it. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's why I don't say when people are confused. I'm but like, then they explain this. They, and then they describe it again when he's talking about... Right. The time stones, how you move on. When we take the stones... It makes a new branch. Yeah, it makes a new branch where they would still have them. God. I know, I really enjoyed it. It's a good emotional payoff movie. It's very cathartic. Yeah. Even though apparently it's not the end of Phase 3. Yeah, because Far From Home's the end of Phase 3. Which is, okay... This is not the f- first time they did that, because you've come for... Um, Ant-Man was the end of Phase 2, technically, not Civil War. Also... Oh, I mean, Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah, so it was not Age of Ultron, yeah. it was Ant-Man was the end of Phase 2, which makes no sense also. I want them to... I hope they cover it in Far From Home. Is... How does Peter still have friends in school? Oh, so um, they, the directors did, a, did explain this. They said that, basically, even though the world was split in half, somehow that entire high school was... <laughs> Snapped? Yeah. Okay, so they just bullshitted a reason of... Yeah, they bullshitted of the entire okay. high school was snapped. It was a plot reason, okay. but basically they're like, no, the entire school was. No, it wasn't a plot reason. It was a bullshit reason of... But they at least came up with something. <laughs> that at least, yeah. practically, you could disagree with, is it a plot armor, but at least it makes sense in the world. 
because people can yeah can it, people it conflate... makes sense because they have that that they can lean back right. on of, oh well they were just snapped because people conflate 50 percent with every other person when 50 percent just means random 50 percent 50 percent could mean all of america and no of india like people like 50 percent doesn't mean every other person truly yeah it's like the whole why did iron man's family all survive 50 percent but hawkeyes yeah. didn't right yeah I, I will say his uh, trip into basically Deadpool <laughs> was pretty sweet. Uh, also, I didn't realize this was the last movie for um, Scargo. Well, obviously it is. Well, because they made, you know, the Chris Evans thing was a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And I forget what they... This is also Scarlett's sure probably best movie as an actress. Yeah. Because they gave uh, her the most to do. Yeah, her best Marvel movie. That's what I mean. I'm sorry, I meant that. Because it's this, it's Age of Ultron, this, and Winter Soldier are the movie she's the main character in. Yeah. Well, apparently she's doing a... Like, that's not confirmed, but yeah, it's, it's the rumor is she's doing a... Black Widow movie. No, it's confirmed that she's directing a movie. Oh, okay. I think I meant starring in a Black Widow movie. I think the rumor is that it's a Black Widow movie. That'd but be... she's directing a Marvel movie. That's interesting. So. It's going to be definitely interesting now with, with Luke's... You know I'm really excited for? As Guardians of the Galaxy. You Okay, <laughs> you had to appreciate that end moment when they're like, I'm in charge. Yeah, yeah, you're in charge. <laughs> like that whole that whole in, who's in charge exchange was great. It was yeah. Say I'm in charge. You're in charge. <laughs> also, the way that they wrap up, kind of the the way they wrap up the Marvel universe. I'll say this feels like yeah. This felt like a good bow on a lot of stuff. So in theory, if you want to introduce the new characters, now you understand where these old people all are in some capacity. Well, in the the end tag of the sound of Tony Stark yeah. forging the first Iron Man suit. It's also fitting in this film that it's the two original Avengers that Nick Fury casted are the ones that died. Because Iron Man was Iron Man. Iron Man well, 2 introduced Black Widow. Yes, but no. You're going to argue Captain Marvel. Because that was in the 90s. Which, okay, but like from a practical, like, when he formed the Avengers? Yes, on screen. That's, I'm sorry, that's, okay. Yeah. It was fitting from the sense of the two we got to know first. Well, wasn't it the first three Avengers? Who's the third? Captain America? We didn't, but he wasn't in S.H.I.E.L.D. until he got resurrected. Oh, well, he didn't die. That's why I didn't put him in that list also. And I think well, Thor was, wasn't Thor before it's Captain America. Wasn't that, Thor it's before Captain, Captain America anyway? Movie-wise? Yeah, but does he join... Guardians. He joins Guardians, but he doesn't join S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm, right? I think it's weird. That's the argument you're making, right? Is that it's the first two... Yeah, but okay, it gets weird. Did he Shield join S.H.I.E.L.D.? Avengers. Like, he kind of helps him a ton. 
I don't. That's what, I'm just a weird. Well, and I'm not disagreeing the with you. Captain, the Captain America tag, isn't it the first Avenger? Yeah, but it's first. But he, but he also, he was never like Avengers because Avengers didn't exist on paper at that point. Right. That's why I think it's. I'm not disagreeing with you from he existed first. I meant for like Nick Fury making a team. Was Captain? Am- See, Got- this is where my gotta hate you because I I'm not a huge fan of the. MCU. Okay. Was Captain America a project of S.H.I.E.L.D.? S.H.I.E.L.D. did not exist at the time. He was a project of Howard Stark. Okay, but that's... S.H.I.E.L.D. did not exist in name at that time. Okay. Tony Stark's project, which made Tony Stark, would eventually give birth to S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's, it's... S.H.I.E.L.D. was not a thing. Basically, it's Howard Stark, and then Howard Stark and Hank Pym, and what's-her-face, Peggy, make S.H.I.E.L.D., and Peggy was obviously the lover of Tony, and then obviously, oh, then, you mean, yeah, uh, Cap. Steve? Yeah, and then obviously, then after, with Howard Stark, you get Tony Stark, and then Hank Pym is Ant-Man, like, you, that's where that all kind of gets weird and ancestral. Well, and then they had to go and fuck it up with Captain Marvel. The, in terms of the timeline of, okay, this is the 90s and S.H.I.E.L.D. exists. But it isn't really S.H.I.E.L.D. in the way we think of but it. But it isn't S.H.I.E.L.D. Because it's an underground government thing that everyone thinks is pointless. Right, so. That's, yeah. Also, Captain Marvel is fine, but like, yeah. It's, it's something. Captain Marvel fucked up the timeline more than, in theory, something like Civil War did. Civil War at least tried to explain the things that fucked up. Captain Marvel fucked up the timeline more than... Who's the one at MK that fucks up the timeline? Oh. Uh, Ronda um, Rousey. Oh. <laughs> we never talked about that. When she was announced? I'm pretty sure we did. No, no, I meant the current issues. Oh. I think that we can <laughs> we can, we can ignore it. We when I we, we can we can say um because a lot of that stuff is being talked about right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's a personal side of it for you but um yeah. But um no, who's the guy from MK that fucks around with the timeline? I don't know. MK characters a ton. And then the whole reason that they bring in the new character for Eleven is that she's there to set the timeline straight. Mm-hmm. It's either Raiden or Sub-Zero. Or, um, not Sub-Zero. I'm pretty sure it's Raiden. Mm-hmm. Goes around and fucks up the timeline. Um, yeah. And uh, I have some numbers, though, because obviously... Endgame could go on to be the biggest movie ever. The biggest movie ever in terms of uh, gross dollars. Yeah. It's going to, um, so it's at one shy of one eight right now, which means this weekend it's passing two. Yeah. Which is insane. But that's worldwide, right? Yeah, America's is it's like 500 mil. So Avatar. And I was talking to Mike about this, to, about this beforehand. What I did was I took 
the average ticket price of 2018, mm-hmm. which was $9.11, and multiplied that by the number of tickets sold for the data that was available at the time. So obviously Avatar's data was all out, but Endgame was whenever they last um, reported those numbers. And the average ticket price when Avatar came out was $7.50. So this is $1.61 more per ticket that Avatar is missing out on in terms of to bring the numbers into perspective. Mm. So I I just did the numbers. I just multiplied $9.11 by the number of tickets sold. Uh, Avatar adjusted domestically made $893,207,259. Obviously, I'm sure the ticket price was probably close to that. Just because of when 3D. You, when you add in the 3D and the, the uh, premium showings. And Endgame is four seventy nine one fifty four uh, one fifteen. But also the tail of Avatar is part of what made it so much money too. Yeah, it was in the theaters for a while. A long fucking time. Which Endgame's gonna have that too? Oh, it's I gonna. Mean, I'm saying right now. I'm saying when we're putting the apples and oranges of the current, like in two months, this will be interesting for sure to look at. Yeah. And the funny thing is, when I looked at that list. Avatar is not even remotely close to being the best selling in terms of tickets. Really? Like Gone with the Wind has over 200 million tickets sold. Okay, that's okay. Back then you either died or you watched a movie in theaters. And then you right. probably died Gone after. With, Gone with the Wind was in the theaters for like two and a half years. So Yeah, because that's the only movie out. Right. I think Avatar was like 15th or something like that on the list hmm. in terms of tickets sold. So obviously you can see how box office numbers are inflated because of ticket price inflation. But, uh, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see. And I was looking for the average price of um, Avatar mm-hmm. for the tickets, and that would have been an easy number to find, but I couldn't find it right away. So I didn't add it, but, um, yeah. So those numbers will be uh, fun to check out. Nice. You think it's time to call it? I think that's time to call it. That being said, um, we've got to decide on movies. Holy shit, I was thinking that. Okay. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, you want to start new movie or old movie? Well, pump the brakes there, bud. Okay. Because I'll read the text message. Oh, fucking shit. That you sent to me. <laughs> Wednesday night that says hey can we reschedule for Friday and you can choose movie club they were two separate messages but <laughs> you combining them as one uh, well, yeah because uh, I mean you sent them in succession so it doesn't matter uh, time timeline wise it doesn't matter um, we are going to be seeing two count them two sequels in two separate action <laughs> franchises. I know where this is going. Fucking shit. Continue. 
I'm curious. Okay, so I'm curious to hear what you think my new movie. I'm. I can almost guarantee you know <laughs> the only movie Asian Cody Bangs too. I know that. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. What I'm curious to hear what you think because I have two that fit that description. Is it? A, it's a new actual movie, right? It's, you're not bullshitting. Yeah. Me. It's 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 a new movie. Like it's coming out. So so describe what you just said to me. It's a new action movie. That's a sequel. It's. Yeah, it's a sequel in a action franchise. Or I'm trying to think, what is a sequel? I have a joke answer to this, and then I have the real answer. Start with the joke. I want to see if I can actually think of what's going to happen. So the joke answer is the uh, Detective Pikachu. <laughs> but we're not seeing Detective Pikachu. We're not seeing Detective Pikachu. Holy shit. Um... I'll put it to you this way. It's a sequel to probably the first in the franchise is probably one of my favorite. John Wick. We're seeing John Wick. Yes. Okay. Yep. John Wick 3. Okay. (laughs) When did John Wick come out? Uh, It comes out pretty soon, actually. So that episode will be the end of the month. End of May. I can't believe you're making me watch Agent Cody Banks 2. Dude, it's like an hour and a half. You'll be fine. <laughs> but the moment I was like, I know it. I knew at least knew what that one was. Only because, yeah, only because when we saw the first one, like, we're going to see the second uh, one. 17th, by the way, for John Wick. Yeah, I know. I'm looking at the um, the dates, so I know where it's coming out. God, I hate you. But yeah. We're going to be seeing uh, Agent Cody Banks 2. Is there a tagline for that? Mm, I can't remember. Let me look up. Please don't be something stupid like back in action. I don't think so. It may have been something related to the camp. Uh, Destination London. Yes. I'm saying I knew there was a stupid tagline, but there is no Agent Cody Banks 3. Darn. I don't believe so. Agent Cody Banks 2 is a 4.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Um. Okay, it's an hour and forty minutes. Holy shit! I so realistically, it's an hour and a half because the credits are fairly long in these movies. Which I don't know why. Who the fuck worked on? They wants to admit they worked on these films. <laughs> I'm sure they did fine. You think so? Oh, dude, they're aren't they Disney movies? Uh, but it was a theater Disney original, I think. Oh, I got it. Budget was twenty six million. Gross U.S. was $23 million. Yeah, but then it goes on to... DVD releases forever. DVD, and then the Disney Channel, and... Mm-hmm. That movie made Disney money. Did you know? Oh my god, the original director wanted to make the sequel, but... Oh my god... But uh, they didn't give him the budget he wanted for CGI. He wanted $7 million more for CGI effects. That's understandable because this movie came out in 2004. So any CGI would have been expensive. Mm-hmm. That's insane considering. Considering it was, what, a 20... He wanted to have the budget be $30 million in 2004. Yeah. That's actually back then considerable money. For movies, because we're getting movie it's budgets. Still considered an indie movie. We're getting movie budgets until super recently used to be route like, like 
in the last 10 years, they've fucking clobbered old numbers. Well, in the last, ten, in the last, in the last 10 years, movies, movie budgets have gone up insane 10 times. It's because it's all effects. Yeah, it's all in China. Well, China funnels the money in. It's not necessarily. Yeah. It's not the budget is that because of China, but it's being funded by China. Yeah. That's a way of, good way of putting it. Um, yeah. Yeah. $50 million is considered an indie movie now. We've been over this. We're going to get a movie in a theater and be on that list. We only need to make what? Like 200 Yeah, it was, something, it was something like we can get our family friends and do it. Well, we just need a bunch of people with AMC A-list. Get in an AMC theater and just get them to use a movie they're not going to go to anyway so it counts towards their money. My God, there's a scheme right there. What is the legality of that scheme, do you think? What's that? Making them so you, use their A-list? Right, get a bunch of people to A-list who aren't going to see movie anyway so you get the money for the movie. I would be interested to see how A-List pays out. Because my only, assumption only because A-list, A-list from a box office project, like from a like box office mojo point of view, counts the equivalent of the ticket should cost. Right, but what I'm saying is, like if I A-List something mm-hmm. and I don't go to see it... Do they get paid? Right. If you go to see it, they do get paid, but you're saying if they... Right. So... I wonder because the thing about so think of it this way though if if I am a movie theater and I sell a ticket they still get paid whether the person shows up or not though and that's what gets weird correct yeah so that's what gets weird because technically if you're a studio wouldn't you start suing saying you're stopping presenting customers on full screenings if that happens Yeah, that's where I think it's interesting because something like most screens don't get full, but like Avengers had full screenings. You know, there are no shows in certain areas. Like once you may have a person didn't show or whatever. Right. So like, um, yeah. If if I walked into an AMC and you wanted to buy a ticket, but someone a listed and they didn't show. Well, no. Like if I, for some reason, right, I walked into an AMC on a Monday and was like. All right, I'm going to buy my ticket for John Wick for Friday. Mm-hmm. Buy that ticket. The studio already gets paid. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, the distributor already gets paid. Right. On that ticket. So they don't care if I show up or not. Mm-hmm. But if I'm on a list and I reserve a Friday seat for John Wick, mm-hmm. but don't end up going. When that gets, How does it, right, that gets sticky. Yeah, because technically you're not paying for the ticket itself. But you, are, from a back-end point of view, you are. On the front-end, you're not. On the back-end, you are. On the back-end, like, on the AM, on the books of AMC to the distributors, you are. Yeah, I wonder if they just take a hit. On that's what, to me, it probably... That's why, because if you read the, the terms, like, it's still... Count, they're very clear, like, it still counts towards your total, whether you show up or not. Yeah. Well, and I understand that for the, like, we're going to count it towards your total because we don't want people just, like, reserving seats mm-hmm. 
or shows that you could sell that seat. What's interesting is you can cancel an hour before and not get it towards your total. Yeah. yeah that's Do you know what I'm saying? That's interesting. what's interesting. Yeah. I think we're going to find out a lot about these services because cinema is dead. Mm-hmm. Or at least in the U.S. is dead. China Movie thriving. Pass is dead. Like, I think MoviePass still exists, but it's effectively dead. Does it still exist? Yeah, I believe so. Um, and AMC is doing their own thing, but AMC can do their own thing. Because it's AMC so. theaters. Right. That's where it gets weird. So it's not... They're not paying someone else. Or it's shortchanging yeah. someone else or any of that stuff. Because MoviePass's whole model was based upon the subscription model theory of most people wouldn't use it and their issue was it was the Netflix model it was more than Netflix model it was the Amazon Prime model of we assume not everyone's going to use the service that we're paying out so I don't know if I well, no, it's, to- it's, it's, it's totally the Netflix model because they're banking on the people like myself when I had MoviePass I would see two movies a week right. three movies a week when I had the time and so I could see every movie that was coming out in a month two to three times. And they were banking on the people that got movie pass for one movie. Mm-hmm. And forgot about it. And then didn't use it because they already paid it off for the month. So that's more the Netflix model, whereas Amazon So the reason the Amazon model doesn't work because in that sense because they're making money on sales. So the reason I referred to the Prime model is because I heard this great quote by Jeff Bezos, which is the most offensive but great quote ever. He talks about like when he started Amazon Prime and a bunch of investors were terrified because they're losing money. And his old shit was he goes, he goes, it's he literally what an investor call went, it's like a buffet. All of the fat people come first, but if you wait, then the skinny people show up. Was an actual quote by Jeff Bezos. Yeah. But and again, it's horrible. But you, it's, it's that thing of he goes, no, no, no. We we lease a service that if we have the capital, we just need to withstand the first couple months and then we're fine. Which is what the movie pass model was trying to do. But the issue was the skinny people never came. Yeah. Or if they did, they were bringing a fat friend. Right. Which, but like the whole thing is that entire model is based upon the idea of it's we're equaling them out. Which didn't happen. All right. All right. That's going to be it for the episode. Okay. So, yeah. People that stuck around for Endgame spoilers, thank you. You're welcome. Follow us on social media. Mikey is at Mikey underscore Maroney. I am at Losey Boy. The show is at The SW Show. SWW. Um. What else? Mm, there will be... Yeah, subscribe to the podcast. Like, review. Wherever podcasts are... One Spotify, offered. Anchor, iTunes. I don't know, whatever Google uses. Google Podcasts. We don't believe in Google, Google here. Uh, I do. Um, <laughs> there will be some news regarding a website in the near future. When AJ and sends me bios, we'll get to that point, yeah. Well, you know what? You can just fuck off because you already have my photo from something. <laughs> That's true. I do have a photo of you. <laughs> um, 
It's a sh- you must pull it from Twitter. I, it oh, he goddamn did. I found it. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's going to be some news regarding the show as a whole. Uh, Sooner or later. Shortly. Yeah. Probably next month or two. Realistically, once we go through both of us approving and looking through stuff. Yep. Um, nothing that will affect the output of the show. Mm-hmm. So you don't have anything to worry there. It's not like suddenly we're going to end the show. Um, we, yeah. I'll just say that what we're looking at will in all hope, improve the show. Improve the quality. Improve everything about it. Yeah. So, yeah. We might even make AJ seem less upset every time we record. Uh, And I'm just saying, AJ, if what we want to do is is successful, um, one of the things uh, that will be part of the options of the new model um, would be making AJ watch all of his least favorite um, Marvel movies. In a row. Well, so did you see the thing where somebody, uh, I forget what company it was, somebody was going to pay people like a considerable amount of money oh, yeah. to watch all of the Marvel movies? Also, the th- but you some had, theaters were. You had to like live blog it and like write up your, you know, your feelings on each movie. And apparently if you did it, it was like it was a full 40 hours. Because it's 22 movies, so... Mm-hmm. No, no, did you see, um... If you look at every movie's time, including Far From Home, it's at 3,000 minutes. Dear God. I love you, 3,000. You're so funny, but it's... <laughs> that's stretching it, like... That's not... It's true, though. It's I'm not joking. I understand, but that is stretching. <laughs> Like that's that's getting into some like conspiracy <laughs> level stretching of like. Are you saying it's an accident? Y- yes, <laughs> it just happened to work out. There's no way in hell that when they were making Iron Man one and two, they were thinking, "Oh, you know what? In ten years, <laughs> we're gonna reference I Love You three thousand, and by fucking happenstance." <laughs> Our movies are going to add up to 3,000. Wait, minutes. do they reference it in Iron Man 1 and 2? No. I was going to say. I'm saying in 10 years, they're going to reference. No, but I, I, bet, I bet you, though, realistically, once they got close and they decided they want to do some love you shtick, in the last movies or two, they're like, How, what number can we do that we can make sure it hits and make the credits last a minute here, a minute there to make it happen? For being honest, I bet you might have been some shit like that. Like, we could make this credit one minute longer, well, shave a minute here. It, or is it a. Is it a comic book reference? I don't know it actually. I don't think so. Like, so I, I think they it's just, gotta, I think it's they gotta just be a comic reference that they because could it's hit. I bet you it was like, can we find a number that we could hit? Perfect. I could see that because they seem to like to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I could see it be like two movies ago. They're like, what number are we going to hit minutes wise that we can or like that we could reference? And they're like, uh, 2,980. And they're like, can we add 20 minutes to the next three movies? Like, shit like that. Yeah. Because that's, that's realistic in the sense of they know that kind of stuff. 
I could also see it being like a reference to a single issue that I have like, no fucking clue. Yeah, I can see that too. From the sixties or something like that. that It'd be like an Iron Man Mach three thousand or something. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's the end of the show. Goodbye, y'all. Bye.